To promote my new flower shop, I had one place print my business cards, another print my brochures, and a third, my signs. Now my roses aren't red, my violets aren't blue, my geraniums look dead, and I don't know what to do. Staples can help your business stand out with signs, banners, and brochures that are a true reflection of your company. And now with Staples, spend $50 or more on print and marketing services and get $5 off your next in-store purchase. Now my business is blossoming and I'm spending less green. Exclusions apply. In-store only. And 62318. This podcast contains explicit material that may not be suitable for all listeners. For those of you brave enough to stick around, enjoy the show. Oh, here I come. Let your players get near me. Holler if you hear me. Oh, here I Welcome to the We Still Booze Podcast, brought to you by WideRightNattyLight.com, your one-stop Iowa State online blog shop. Now, here's your host, Tom Dang. And I'm gone. Then I take a few steps and I keep left. And the people take a deep breath and I'm up in your end zone. 816, boys, we reppin' connected with Iowa State. Play out a position and it's checkmate if you hesitate. You've been told offense and defense is dropping the load. Hey, welcome Cyclone Nation. Down the sirens, only this time it's for Steve Prome and the Cyclone basketball squad. It picks up a big-time commitment from four-star guard Lindell Wigginson this morning. Uh, Wigginson is a consensus top 50 player in the 2017 class. And we're going to have Alex Halstead from uh, 24-7 Sports and Cyclone Alert on here just a little bit to discuss just how big this commitment is and how Steve Prohm and company might fill out the rest of the 2017 class. Uh, Alex, I know it's been a busy 24, 48 hours uh, following this, uh, with the tide seemingly churning every hour between Oregon and Iowa State. Uh, Can you describe for us what happened this week with this commitment? Yeah, it's kind of, I think, been like a a lot of things for Iowa State fans um, that they're used to, you know, maybe with like a little bit of an up and down a few days with this recruitment, obviously, you know, Lindell Wigginton, like you said, being this top 100 prospect, a four-star, um, the number 12 point guard in the country by 24-7 sports is somebody that Iowa State fans have um, really had their eye on for a while and have wanted for a while, much like uh, Steve Prohm, Neil Barry, and the rest of that staff. You know, they offered him in late April and have been on him really for those six months. And so um, it's been an interesting, I guess, couple of days just because um, there's a little bit back and forth, especially, you know, with what I was hearing it kind of seemed to go back and forth a little bit. And I don't think um, anybody truly knew, even Iowa State or Oregon, um, officially until the morning of. Um, so, you know, sometimes when a, a kid announces that he's going to make his decision, say, on a Friday, you know, you assume that a, a coaching staff or um, it's going to start to get out there to those um, programs. And really it didn't, I don't think, until Friday morning. Um, Oregon found out um, some point Friday morning that they were out of it. Um, and then Iowa State – I believe got a call from him sometime shortly after. And so it was a little bit back and forth, you know, the last couple of weeks I've been hearing that, you know, the feeling uh, around Wigginton's recruitment was that he was uh, leaning Iowa state um, or at least that Iowa state was right there in the mix. And I think that's interesting just perspective. If you go back to earlier in his recruitment, um, the consensus really for quite a while, especially in the early months, um, April, May, June, and that kind of timeline was, Oregon was kind of the pick. You know, they have a, a Canadian pipeline. Obviously, Wendell Wigginton's from Canada. Um, 
you know, they, you look at what they're doing right now in basketball. I think they're voted fifth in the coaches poll. They're going to be a top five team. And so they had some things and, and they were the pick for him. And so the fact that Iowa state had kind of been right there in the mix, um, maybe even him leaning towards them in recent weeks was kind of big news. And, um, so coming into this week, you know, the feeling was that he was getting closer to a decision. Uh, he had taken visits, obviously, to Oregon in early September, then Iowa State, and then Arizona State. I talked to his coach, uh, Oak Hill coach Steve Smith, um, you know, within the last couple of weeks. He was supposed to visit uh, Baylor, um, and that visit was canceled. And so then all of a sudden you knew it was down to these three schools. And it was kind of a matter of, you know, how it's going to shake out because um, Smith had told me that he was coming to a decision very soon. Uh, I think last week he had told me within 10 to 14 days. And so you knew it was going to be here soon, um, probably for sure by the end of the month, uh, but potentially by the end of this weekend. And obviously that happened. And uh, you get to Wednesday, and I started hearing some things that uh, I think Oregon felt it had a really good shot. Um, there was a feeling that he was maybe leaning that way again and that Oregon was right there. And then, you know, if people that follow the crystal ball stuff, I – kind of had heard enough that I switched my pick from Iowa State, which it had been for quite a while, to Oregon. And then, you know, I think it was after, for sure after midnight, um, I was still doing some checking and um, started to hear that uh, the feeling was that it was going to be Iowa State on Friday morning. And so uh, obviously switched back to that pick and uh, just kind of seems like it was back and forth. And I think it really did come down between Iowa State and Oregon and was pretty narrow, but a big pickup uh, to kind of beat the Ducks and uh, to get this caliber of a player. Steve Prohm's already uh, lost one one commit, uh, decommitted uh, about uh, two weeks ago. Do you think there's any danger of Lindell Wigginton changing his mind before uh, signing day, or do you think he's pretty set in stone? I think he's pretty set in stone, and um, I mean that's something you always, obviously in both football and basketball recruiting, you got to continue to recruit all the way up until. You know, that sign, I think the good thing for Iowa State is that the early signing period is going to start November 9th. And so, you know, really you just got a couple weeks, a little bit more than two weeks, until those um, those kids, you know, Wigginton, Darius McNeil, and Terrence Lewis uh, will sign in the early signing period. And so uh, that's the positive, I think, is that um, his decision comes so close to that that, you know, you got to continue to recruit him. And even after um, a player signs, they're going to continue to recruit them through their um, – you know, through their senior season in terms of obviously that communication and, and seeing them and those sorts of things. But I think that's a positive. And I, I think the Keyshawn Fizel decommitment um, was a little bit different um, than some commitments. You know, Keyshawn is a kid that uh, obviously is from Monticello, Mississippi. Um, you know, he had a good relationship with William Small, both being from Mississippi. But even when he committed in, in August, it seemed uh, a little bit rushed. You know, I talked to him before his visit um, to Iowa State back in August, and he had told me you know, he was probably going to take all of his visits. You know, Baylor was in there and Mississippi State, and there were some other schools in that mix. And then all of a sudden, you know, a day or two after that visit, he pulled the trigger and committed to Iowa State and said it just felt right. Well, uh, we don't know for sure what was going on with Mississippi State. Maybe they weren't in a position to take him at the time. Maybe they were, and uh, he really did just commit to Iowa State. But, you know, when Mississippi State – kind of continued to push for him, or maybe it just became a legitimate option for him. They were right there at home and, and uh, kind of it seemed like an easy decision for him because uh, I think he was kind of someone that wanted to stay close to home initially um, and maybe thought about that more as, as time went along. Whereas Wigginton's a little bit different. I mean, um, and we are from uh, Canada, obviously, and 
um, I think is actually a little bit better location than Iowa than uh, Oregon time zone wise and that sort of thing for his family. So um, I don't think they'll have to worry about that as much, but uh, uh, like I said, the positive is that that uh, early signing period comes up and starts on November 9th. So with Terrence Lewis, Darius McNeil, and now Wigington, uh, I mean, they're, they're going to add some more to this class, but where does it stand now compared to other schools around the Big 12 in the country? Yeah, I mean, it's impressive when you look at what they've done now with this recruiting class. Um, you know, they're Pre-Lindell Wigginton's commitment, they were ranked number 48th nationally in the team recruiting rankings. Obviously, they had been much higher when Fiesel was committed. Um, but with the commitment of Wigginton and then you add in uh, Terrence Lewis and Darius McNeil, they're now ranked uh, number 15 in the country in the team recruiting rankings. And um, that's kind of unprecedented for Iowa State when you just look back at Iowa State history. And obviously, in recent years, um, they've brought in good players, but they've been transfers uh, a lot of times under Hoiberg that didn't count towards a, a team recruiting ranking. You know, when you look at, uh, I looked back over the last 10 years, just out of curiosity to see kind of where they'd finished in the recruiting rankings. And, you know, in 2009, they finished 34th, uh, 2013, they finished 37th. Last year, they finished 38th. Um, but those are really the best you're looking at in the last 10 years. And so the fact that they're 15th, and obviously it's still pretty early in terms of some of those blue bloods are still low because they're taking kids a little later and they'll still move up. But, you know, Iowa State still has three scholarships left, and they're in, you know, in position that if they can get a couple of the kids, you know, Isaiah Stokes, a top 100 four-star forward, if they can get that type of player and um, kind of finish with a couple of key strong pieces, um, this could and is in line to be um, the best recruiting class probably in Iowa State history, at least as far back as any recruiting rankings go. So um, they've set themselves up well, and I think um, it's kind of a validation for Prom. I think that's been a question is how is he going to recruit and, um, I think there's still people who maybe question, can they recruit the South? And, you know, Isaiah Stokes would maybe start to answer that question. You know, being a kid from Memphis, obviously Fizel decommitment, I think brought some of those questions back up. But they identified some top targets. You know, they identified Terrence Lewis a long time ago as a top target. And Darius McNeil they loved in, in July, and they kind of focused on him and got him to commit. You know, Wigginton has been their point guard target really since at least April. And so the guys they went after and, and targeted, they've gotten. And so – um, I think that's a, a, a probably a good feeling for Iowa State fans, especially then when you look at you know where they sit nationally. As far as the Big 12, uh, right now they're second in the Big 12 in, in the recruiting rankings to Texas, um, who has put together a really good class. Um, you know, Kansas still has some work to do. You know, they're um, one of those blue bloods I mentioned that is still in on some big guys that commit later. So, um, but Iowa State's you know looking to be right there in that top three mix um, right now for uh, the 2017 class in the Big 12. You mentioned Isaiah Stokes, who also has a plethora of football offers, but it appears that he's going to go the basketball route right now. Um, when can we expect a decision from him? I think he's taken a little bit longer, um, and it doesn't sound like he's going to go for the fall signing period. But what's his timeline, and where do you think uh, Iowa State stands, and do they have a realistic shot of competing and actually landing the, the big man out of Tennessee? Yeah, Stokes is definitely the – really now they're – where all their attention turns to, um, you know, at least for the early signing period up until uh, November, they don't seem to even be really looking at anybody else. I think if they missed on Wigington, they would have had to uh, evaluate guard options, whether that was Juco or, or try to expand their pool again for high school, though that had kind of run dry. But, you know, Stokes is really where their attention turns to. Um, like you mentioned, he's taken some visits. He's visited uh, Tennessee, Iowa State, and Florida 
um, this weekend he'll be at TCU, and then on November 5th, uh, that weekend he's supposed to be at North Carolina. So his visits are set to be completed, you know, by the end of the um, weekend of November 5th through 7th. Obviously that puts him in line to potentially make a decision um, during the early signing period from November 9th through 16th. There's questions if he will commit that soon. Um, you know, Stokes at times has said uh, he would like to take some time and do something in December or January. Obviously, if that's the case, then that's not the early signing period. But I think at the same time, I think sometimes kids' um, timelines speed up a little bit. You know, all these schools aren't necessarily going to be able to wait until December um, or January. Some of these schools might fill up or um, need to look elsewhere. So it'll be interesting, I think, in the next couple of weeks to see um, how Stokes' recruitment plays out and, and if he does indeed end up decide to make a decision in that early signing period and commit to a school and sign with a school, uh, whether it's November 9th or sometime between that and November 16th. And so I think Iowa State's right in it. You know, I've talked to people um, from a few different sides of it. Um, you know, there's obviously Tennessee is that school that's right there. His brother, um, who's now in the NBA, went to Tennessee. But I've talked to people, you know, close to Tennessee who um, that's not necessarily the biggest factor. You know, his brother didn't play for Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes' style is maybe a little bit different than uh, Stokes. He's kind of a, a get up and down the court type player. Maybe that system is a little bit different. And so, um, you know, Tennessee might be in play, but it's not necessarily their, 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 their runaway favorite just because of some of those connections. Uh, I think something that your know, Iowa State fans should be aware of. And um, when you're looking at this recruitment is Iowa State's got some really good connections here. Um, William Small and Steve Prohm recruited um, Cameron Payne, obviously um, well-documented. That's one of their biggest recruits they ever got at Murray State, now in the NBA um, as a point guard. Well, Payne and uh, Isaiah Stokes are from the same high school. Now, obviously, there's an age gap there, but um, the families know each other. They're from the same high school. There's that connection. And so there are relationships there, and that's obviously a big piece of recruiting. So Iowa State, you know, I, I talked to someone you know, right after they got Wigginton today, I'm trying to get the, the latest I could on, on Stokes. Iowa State is thought to be right in it. Now, TCU is a real player because uh, they can kind of sell what Iowa State can sell, and that's playing time. You know, when you look at what Iowa State can sell him is, you know, now that Fizel's not even committed in this class, um, you got Solomon Young. Uh, they hope that Cameron Lard comes in December, but you've got playing time and minutes to sell Isaiah Stokes at the forward position. TCU supposedly has that same thing. Obviously, Jamie Dixon's recruiting well since he got there, so – it will be a battle, but Iowa State, from what I've heard, it still remains in good shape. Um, it's hard to say, you know, where he's leaning, uh, but they're right in that mix just as they were maybe with Oregon versus Iowa State for Wigginton. Um, there's a few schools right in that mix for Stokes as well. You mentioned playing time being a big selling piece for uh, Prohm and this staff. What can we expect out of Wigginton next year uh, out on the court? Because it sounds like he's going to get a decent amount of minutes with uh, Monte leaving. Naz Long will be leaving. Uh, Matt Thomas will be leaving. There's a lot of guard minutes up for play. So what could we what could we expect out of him next year in Hilton? Yeah, that's going to be kind of maybe the big question as you go into next season. You know, I think Wigginton wasn't scared um, to compete at Oregon, but I think that was something that maybe gave him pause. You know, they had already got Victor Bailey, another um, four-star point guard, in their class. Uh, they have guards returning and when you look at Iowa State, what Iowa State had to sell them, well, like you said, they lose, you know, Monte Morris and Matt Thomas and Nazmi Krulong. You know, obviously they return Donovan Jackson and they're bringing in Darius McNeil, but um, those three guys plus a Jacoby Long, who's probably not going to play a ton in um, 
you know, 2016-17, but will be, you know, then either redshirt freshman or a, a true sophomore uh, with a little bit of experience, depending what happens this year. You know, there are minutes up for grab there, and I think, you know, Wigginton's been sold on the fact that uh, he is going to come in and play right away. You know, that's something that I talked to him. I looked back at my conversation with him um, back on April 25th, I think two days after Iowa State offered him, and a couple things he mentioned were, one, that he was aware of Steve Prohm's point guard pedigree, and I think number two, that Iowa State had minutes to play, you know, and, and that's a big thing for him is to come in and, and play, and uh, he, he used the phrase a lot, in interviews, when I talked to him, he used the phrase rock out. You know, Prohm's a guy that puts the ball in, in his point guard's hands and, and lets him kind of do, go do his thing. And I think the good thing with Wigginton then is, you know, we already know that Donovan Jackson this year is probably going to play some two guard, maybe considerable amount of two guard. And, um, you know, that's kind of what Prohm likes is having two guards out there at the same time that can handle the ball. And I think Wigginton's going to get a lot of minutes. And it'll be interesting when I talk to um, Wigginton a little bit more and, and, you know, we kind of feel through that what kind of minutes they've been talking because, um, you know, I think you're going to see significant minutes and, and potentially even, you know, for him to compete for a starting job uh, right when he gets on campus. There were a lot of questions uh, with Prome coming from Murray State. Could he recruit Big 12 caliber talent? He's, he seems to uh, be silencing his critics day by day. Where does he go for to fill out the rest of the class? And do you think this is a, a flash in the pan a one-year exceptional recruiting class or is this something that you think that he can maintain going forward for years to come i think he can you know certainly maintain it and they've already um, gotten a head start on 2018 you know you're seeing them offer um and even get not even just offer but get kids to campus already for 2018 and you know this is that 2018 class might really be the first true class where they've got the full recruiting cycle um you know 2017 that has obviously uh, a lot more time, but even with a guy like Lindell Wigginton, they didn't offer um, until April. You know, Darius McNeil, they really came to find uh, during the July evaluation period. Terrence Lewis was some of that uh, through T.J. Altsberger and and some Milwaukee connections. They had been recruiting longer, but those guys were even shorter. You know, recruiting cycles. You know, like a Wigginton would have been six months, and McNeil would have been less, and so. 2018, you know, they're after, you know, a number of four-star guards, um, whether it's St. Louis, they're after a four-star forward in, in Minnesota named Race Thompson, um, who actually told me that he feels like Iowa State's the one school making him a priority. Uh, he's got Big Ten offers, um, obviously a Minnesota offer, um, and he's rated as one of the best power forwards in the country early on for 2018. And so I think I think it's something they can for sure sustain. Um, you know, it's going to get probably easier in some regard because, you know, they'll probably have – three scholarships maybe for 2018 class was they're working with six. And that's obviously a pretty daunting task when you got to fill six scholarships in this 2017 class. So um, it's something they can sustain. And I think the fact that you get a Wigington maybe helps you a little bit down the road. You, you can sell Wigington when I mean, you can sell what you've brought in with him and that you're building a team with guys like him and, and a four star and um, Terrence Lewis and Darius McNeil was rated by a four star on ESPN and, um, people I've talked to feel he's underrated uh, maybe a little bit because he really wasn't really discovered until July. So um, I think it's something that can for sure be sustained. And, and um, you're right. I think the, you know, Prohm, that was maybe the biggest question he faced was, can he recruit? Um, people wonder if he could recruit the South. And I think they're still trying to prove that through maybe a Stokes or some other guys, but um, obviously they got Cameron Lard out of the South. If he does make it in December. Um, so they've proved it, you know, and I think, um, 
he can finish up the class with an Isaiah Stokes and, and kind of round out the class, um, they'll be in good shape to for sure prove people wrong and then also sell that to future people. I, you know, I've seen it in football recruiting where recruits will say, well, you know, that 2016 class was good and, and they're trying to make the 2017 class better. And it kind of can sometimes have this chain effect. As we're following uh, the Isaiah Stokes recruitment along with uh, how they're going to fill out the rest of the class and always some football recruiting nuggets, where can we follow your work on Twitter and, and elsewhere, Alex? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter at Alex Halstead, H-A-L-S-T-E-D, and um, then on cyclonalert.com, uh, which is the, the Iowa State portion of, of 24-7 sports, I think, as you mentioned at the top. And, um, yeah, I think I didn't fully answer your um, your question in terms of how they'll fill out that class. I think ideally for them to fill out the class would be Stokes. Um, and then I think if they get that, you know, even if, especially if it's in the early signing period, you've got two more scholarships, and most likely we'll see them go JUCO or um, transfers. It kind of gives them options if they can land Stokes to – figure out what they want to do because you have four high schoolers and you can bring in some maybe more veteran players. So definitely going to be interesting, but I think the fact that they get Wigington maybe releases um, a little bit of the pressure off them. Would it, would it be one last question? Would it be safe to assume that if they landed Stokes and filled out the rest of the class with uh, maybe a couple JUCOs or some transfers, that that would be the best recruiting class in Iowa state basketball history? Yeah. I think, you know, if they were to today, you know, Stokes were to commit to them now, uh, they would move up to number nine nationally. So uh, they would, for the present time, be sitting um, top ten national um, in the team recruiting rankings. Um, obviously, like I mentioned before, you know, there can be some shuffling and there's, there's blue bloods that are going to make their pushes as they get some of those five-star or very high four-star talents. But, you know, puts them in, they've never, you know, as far back as our recruiting rankings go, never finished in the top 20. And so, they're in position to potentially do that. And, and Juco rankings are a little bit tough because um, there's not a lot of Jucos that haven't been rated yet, but, um, and obviously a transfer doesn't count in that. But even if you get Stokes, you're setting yourselves up for potentially and probably having the best recruiting class in Iowa State history. And, um, you know, especially in quite some time, you know, I think, like I mentioned, 2009, 34th was the best in the last 10 years. And um, this class is, is well ahead of that. Well, we appreciate you taking time, Alex, uh, to keep us updated uh, on this big day for Iowa State basketball is landing Lindell Wigginton. Uh, maybe we'll have to bring you on again after uh, Isaiah Stokes and makes uh, that the best class in Iowa State history. Does that sound all right? Yeah, that sounds great. And uh, hopefully for Iowa State fans, it's a little bit smoother ride than um, this Wigginton one. I know that was a kind of up and day, a lot of emotions I saw. You know, fans getting disappointed. They thought they lost Wigginton and then excited uh, to get him. And, uh, uh, you know, Stokes could be around the corner within the next couple of weeks, uh, depending on what he decides. Very good. Well, you have a good rest of uh, your weekend here, and we look forward to talking to you in the future. That will conclude another episode of the Wide Right Natty Light podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Uh, Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, Thanks to Jake McDonough here for the music that you hear at the beginning and end of this podcast. It's a good day to be a Cyclone. Uh, We'll look forward to filling out the recruiting class with Stokes and company going forward. Have a good day. This summer, 
Wherever you're heading in the great outdoors, make your first stop the Home Depot for off deep woods or active sweat-proof bug spray. Right now, get any three for just 10 bucks in your backyard or in the woods. If it's long-lasting protection you want or sweat-proof performance you need, when off goes on, bugs go away. Stock up now on off deep woods or active bug spray. Three for just 10 bucks. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing while supplies last. by any of the 108 Atlanta-area O'Reilly Auto Parts stores where you'll find everyday low prices on the parts you need to keep your vehicle at its best. Our guaranteed low prices ensure you're always getting our best deal. In fact, we'll match any auto parts store's price on any like item. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.